Make sure it's recording, dude. Um, James, I have to say, <laughs> what's up, the, bro? This podcast, at least this intro part, yeah, it isn't about you, bro. <laughs> James, ask me what happened, bro. Ask me what happened on Saturday when we recorded this podcast. Well, just ask me, bro, what happened. What happened, Doug? Well, funny you ask, James. <laughs> I was, um, we were recording this podcast on Saturday, um, Mm -hmm. Saturday night. We were, actually it went great. It was a wonderful podcast. Yeah, Um, Basically, um, long story short, I didn't touch the audio after. Um, I didn't touch the footage after. We basically just, uh, as soon as we got done, we just left. Uh, We had a good night. Went to a... Went to a few uh, different spots. Just uh, got a little tipsy. Not gonna lie, had a good time. It was Friday. It was Saturday night, so my boy was in town. Great. And then on what Monday? Monday? No, Tuesday during the day, I come upstairs because I want to start editing this tremendous podcast that we yeah. just recorded. That was mm-hmm. that had some groundbreaking, some just some great storytelling and some yeah. just just things that would be really tremendous for people, right? Come to find out, James, I put my SD card in my laptop, and none of the audio is saved. Damn, bro. None, not That's one, fucked up. not one minute that I recorded of the audio was saved. That's really fucked up, bro. And what's crazy about it is, guys, is I am a hundred thousand percent sure I was pressing record every single time. See, you see that, James? The, the red, the the red, uh, dot. The well, red dot. There's about four. There's four, red but lights. the single red dot. Yeah, I see that. That means it's recording, James. And that was Doug. That was happening. What happens if the audio deletes again? It's not going to. And I'll check it again in 15 minutes if it doesn't. Okay. You have no idea the feeling that I felt in my stomach when that happened, dude. It was just like. It was so deflating. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of forms of pain, but there's something unique about, like, if you're a filmmaker or if you're just, just record content in general. Right. And I'm not the only one that happens to, like, there's people record two, three hour interviews, yeah, footage, anything. And it just, and it sucks because it, it literally just disappeared out in thin air. So it is not Thursday <laughs> and you would not believe what happened when we were about to hit record about 15 minutes ago. Literally, God damn, James's like microphone just <laughs> it literally just unsnapped from the table, and his glass that he was drinking uh, whiskey and coke from literally just shattered. And so we spent like thirty minutes just picking this shit up, dude. And um, at first I was like, you know what? I don't think this is meant to happen, bro. Yeah, but. I think there's a reason why we had to go through so much to finally be sitting here and talking about your life and your story. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if, I don't know what's going on, man. Yeah. I don't know if, uh, if God's trying to send me a sign telling me like, Hey, slow your roll, buddy. <laughs> or if he's trying to tell me like, look, this is some good shit that we're about to put out, man. Yeah. Maybe you got to go through some trials and tribulations first. Before I let you put this out, see how bad you really want it. Yeah, exactly. That's literally how it was, bro. Like testing my patience for sure. I was deaf. It was like right now. I'm still trying to get over what just happened, like 15 minutes ago. But nonetheless, man, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good podcast. We're just gonna put everything that just happened behind us, 
And guys, welcome to episode six of the Most Vulnerable Player podcast. Amen. I'm uh, I'm sitting with James Barry Curry. Bitch, don't ever put my <laughs> government on camera like that again. <laughs> You're crazy. You got me fucked up. <laughs> James Curry? Is that cool? Yeah, that's cool. Okay. <laughs> I'm sitting with James. That's Curry. a little too much too low-key, but what we can do it? that. All right, I'm sitting with James. Well, bitch, just... I can't believe you got your government name as your as your channel name. What the fuck's wrong with my government? That's my name, James. Well, you got a dope name. I can't lie to you, but but that's crazy, don't you think? Don't you think sometimes we put a little too much on the internet? Um, I mean, n- not really, bro. Bro, don't you think it's crazy that like, like later on in years we can like look back and like, like just look at all these videos and be like, God damn, like. Not unless it just gets like completely obliterated by something. You think that'll happen? Yeah, and not in, maybe not in our lifetime, but eventually, almost the, everything. You think an SD card is going to survive an asteroid impact that devastates humanity? Well, obviously not, bitch. Do no, you think eventually not. we're going to be on some like, some like Wally shit though, where everybody's just fat as fuck, and like we go to like to like space and like we're all living on like fucking Elon Musk's spaceship? No, I think people are too. Too resistant towards change to uh, maybe in our no not with that in, what in, you're basically saying is the ones that are resistant are gonna die on Earth in our lifetime is that what you're like are you asking me about maybe not our lifetime but like eventually uh, I would say eventually if we don't kill each other first yeah uh, with nuclear weapons and yeah stuff. so um, sitting with James Curry um, he's been basically my best friend since we were five maybe six years old, playing on the same football team first. For real. We started uh, playing basketball. And ever since then, man, we, we grew up together. We played on the same team together. We played against each other through middle school. We Then we ended up reuniting in high school. In high school. We were pretty nice, not going to lie. Um, pretty? We were nice, bro. <laughs> For sure we were nice. Yeah, especially you, bro. You was, you was cold, bro. Don't fucking <laughs> put the sign on me, bro. You was cold, too. Uh, that was alright, bro. He was really like that, bro. You really should have been one of the best shooters in the state. You really were. You just didn't get the recognition for it, bro. But we you just were, we just didn't go for. But you enough. were smacking shit, bro. But yeah, so we ended up playing basketball with each other, our whole entire lives. And really, man, we're just uh, we're still brothers till this day. Um, we don't see each other as often, mainly just because I mean that's what happens when you kind of just grow up and you have yeah. responsibilities and whatnot. But we're still as close as ever, and um, you actually, you work today, actually. How, how was that? Yeah. What, what what do you do? Chill, bro. I'm a correctional officer. You know, I work in the penitentiary, man. Mm-hmm. But uh, the unit out here, man, it's a, it's a chill unit, man, Cadillac. Mm-hmm. They got that shit in check. So what's your, what's your daily, like, your duties as a correctional officer? Bro, give these inmates what the fuck they want. Yeah? <laughs> Basically. Like, but honestly, like, you're, like, babysitting almost? That's the best way to put it now. Yeah. Bro, they got it they got it made in there almost. I mean, the only thing you're missing is like some pussy. <laughs> and even then, like motherfuckers are still getting that shit in there. So they're not missing much, bro. I've always been curious, what is the main difference between an inmate and a regular civilian that's out here um, like living life? Cuz I mean, you, like you They're just you, limited, bro. They can't go where they want to go when they want to go. That's the only difference. Yeah. But like you tell me stories of like how intelligent and how some of these people that are in there that may basically just got caught up in the in the wrong situation that yeah. if they applied some of that uh, effort and just if things didn't happen the way they 
like they panned out, you know, they would actually be very successful in the bro real world. They have nothing but time in there, bro. A lot of those inmates, I'm not going to say a lot of them, but there's some inmates, bro, that spend nothing. They spend most of their time or if not all of their time, bro, doing some type of productive reading, research. I mean, and, you know, if you've been down for fucking 10, 15 years, bro, like, you're going to do some research if you have any type of sense to yourself, bro. Those guys have read all kinds of books, body language, manipulation. I mean, you you name it, bro, from the bottom to the top. Financial habits. Bro, those guys could give you some game. Some of them could give you some real game. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, you know, at, at the same time, like, some of those guys might not be as smart as they are today had they not gone to prison. If someone comes out, like... Uh, if someone comes out of prison and they c- do you think them being able to apply what they learned in the in in jail can like they can make something of themselves very beneficial yeah if you do it the right way i mean there's this one guy that i saw on tiktok the other day or he's on everything bro he's on tiktok facebook instagram he posts like videos on like uh like a lot of times it's like uh like healthy habits but he also talks a lot about like um dating women and like you know what i mean like being attractive to women and he talks about how, like, he does all these self-care routines. And a lot of these self-care routines, bro, he learned through prison. Mm-hmm. In the morning, he takes cold showers. Fucking, you know, he's good on his... Um, they don't have warm water in there in prison? Uh, they, they do. They, they have their ways of getting warm water. A lot of times it is cold, but, you know, they just do, like, shit. Like, if they leave the sink running, the water will fucking... All the cold water will go to the sink and the hot water will go to the showers. Mm. So they do shit like that. But, um... You know, he talks about how he does his, like, regular, like, cardio slash full body workout every day. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If you do shit like that and you apply it to your regular life, man, that can be very beneficial. As you know, you know, you probably, you know, I know you work out and shit. You know, you do your runs and shit. And, you know, some of those guys do meditation, the yoga. So it can be very beneficial, bro. Do you, what do you think it is about being in, in locked up, like, in, in that setting that, most people turn to is it just the time they have to reflect on what they've done yeah so there you have two options bro and so either they go in there and they try to distract themselves with a bunch of bs drugs you know basically the same thing they were doing outside same exact shit just distracting themselves from reality trying to escape with their real life situation man And, and a lot of people in the free world do the same thing um or you sit back you reflect you analyze and you learn from your mistakes and you try to grow. And so um, those are the two types of inmates you see in there, man. Either you're trying to get better or you're trying to just distract yourself. Um, and, and the odds are tremendously different, man. I mean, there's a lot of people that are trying to better themselves, but there's a lot more that are just trying to distract themselves, you know. And obviously, like, the time has a lot to do with it. You know, if they're fucking fresh in the system and they got a 20-year sentence, those first five years are probably going to be bullshit years for them. They're probably not going to give a fuck about nothing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you got to take that into consideration, too. You know, a lot of the inmates that I would prefer to deal with are inmates that have done real time, you know, over 10, 15 years that have some wisdom. Because other than that, they're just kind of like knuckleheads, you know. Mm-hmm. They feel like they got nothing to lose. They got nothing but time. They're like, you know, I'm two years into a 20-year sentence. I don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. So... Is there mental health issues in jail? Like Most definitely. You see you see it all the time? Every day. Yeah. Is there therapists in there? 
Not like, therapists. They, they have programs, people? bro. They have programs. Um, they have religious programs. They have like um, certain type of workout programs. Um, school. They can do a bunch of stuff in there, man. Can inmates can get their CDL, their barber license. There's really not much that they can't do. They can go in there and get their associate's degree. Oh, I mean, they can they can do a lot in there. Yeah. Can you get like medication in there? Like, bro, any type of medication you want. For so real. if you need the antidepressants, you get your medic. You can get. Yeah, your if you're prescribed, bro, they have psych units, bro. I mean, they're getting like fucking some of the most elite shit too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and some shit. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Overall, you're kind of enjoying that for the most. Yeah, part. it's yeah. not bad, man. I'm learning a lot, so I'm just I'm trying to take all the the pros and utilize them and uh, and not really focus so much on the cons of it, you know? Because mm-hmm. every job has cons. Yeah. So you just got to focus in on and, and try to change your perspective as much as you can to try to enjoy your work, you know what I mean? And so that's that's kind of where I'm at right now. If you were to look at, like forward 10 years, what what would you picture yourself doing? I, I really want to have my own type of business, man. Some type of one way or another. You know, I have a business degree, so I'm obviously into business. I'm into numbers. Um, whether that be through, you know, a restaurant, through a online business, um, through selling products or selling some type of something. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm cool with that, man. So we'll see. I'm just trying to figure out what I have a knack in, what I have like a, a real talent in, and also what I really like to do. So with time, I'll figure that out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and are you using just what you're doing now as just a stepping stone, like just saving up money and just learning and exactly, exactly, just using it as a learning tool, stepping stone. Mm-hmm. You know, I might I might try to branch off into the law enforcement branch, depending on depending on how my experience goes in these next two years will be really pivotal for me on where I decide to kind of try to angle my life towards in you know the next five to ten years. Have you been told that you 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 speak well? Uh. Yeah, at times, you know, when I when I when I really want to. Other than that, I just you know what I mean. Yeah, I just be talking shit. Like <laughs> you are well spoken, I would say for sure. I'm all right. <laughs> I'm okay. I was in the spelling bee when I was in fifth grade. For real. Yeah, bro. I was too, bro. I fucked. I, I started crying on stage. <laughs> I got nervous bro. like a bitch. That was the most. Bro, uh, they, you go up there and you're in front of like all these grown folks and shit, and they're like spell. I remember the word I spelled wrong too. What was it? I spelled gourmet wrong, bro. Gourmet. I didn't. I didn't know there was a T uh, at the end, bro. I yeah. spelled it with a Y, bro. A Y. I was a stupid kid, dude, dude. No, no, no. They gave me some fucked up word, bro. I couldn't even tell you what it was, but it was like one of those words that have like the silent letters in it, mm. like kind of like gourmet, because gourmet, yeah. gourmet is one of those too. It was like they know how to get you, those fuckers, dude. dude. Mm-hmm. It was some fucked up shit. Onomatopoeia. That was it. <laughs> it was some shit like that, bro. It was like one of those weird ass words I that can't like, even spell that right. Right? Like, what was? What is it? If you had to guess, onomatopoeia. Onomatopoeia. O m n a p e t. Oh no! <laughs> Just give it up, no, bro. No this was some shit that was in the fifth grade spelling bee. Yeah, I vividly remember like tearing up on stage, bro. It was very traumatic. Really? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was terrible. It was one of the worst experiences of my life. Oh, for real, bro. Oh. That that public embarrassment is something serious, bro. Is it? Like mm-hmm. being in front of people and like feeling embarrassed. That's like some traumatic shit. I mean, people have, people go their entire life, like, either fearing that or having bad experiences with that. I mean, it's literally, I think it's, in, like, embedded into our DNA, like, yeah. that humiliation aspect. Exactly, like, being judged by a bunch of people, right? Yeah, being, being yeah, like, either like, being the focal point of something and being, like, an outcast or yeah. being someone that 
uh, is like you're just feeling like you're not good enough to a bunch of people, right? Yeah, bro. Especially like during like a moment where like you feel like you're on the spotlight. It's like it's like, like right big now. time for us, bro. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean in basketball, right? Like it was Dude, don't even bring it up, bro. You're gonna bring out all the trauma, bro. <laughs> That's real life trauma, That's bro. That's what this show's for, bro. Bitch, I missed the last free throw of our last fucking game. <laughs> you still you still think about that? Dude, I don't think about it like on a daily, but when I do think about it, it always hits, bro. Yeah. I'm always pissed. I'm like, so I wish I could go back in time, bro. Really we'll get, lock we'll, the fuck in. We'll get to that. So crazy, bring that up. But basketball was like that was basically your identity from since you were what six years old till like twenty, about nineteen maybe. Almost. Yeah. I mean, nineteen. You exactly. Damn near your entire life. Yeah, um, big part of so it. I'm sure you learned so much from playing basketball and just all the. Really, just all the experiences you had doing that. What what did that play? What role did sports and really basketball play in your life? Would you say it was tremendously important to me, bro? It was it was everything I had. It was it was who I was. You know, I I, I created myself off of these sports, man. I mean, part of the reason why I got into football was because I mean basketball was because you know when I was in football, bro, I was the center. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. I was the big boy that, you know, was supposed to be unathletic. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. And so I went to go play a couple of years in uh, in basketball. And, like, my first year, I was eh, decent. But then my second year is when I really started to feel like. Not going to lie, bro. You are pretty cheeks when you first started. I think it's pretty. fuck. <laughs> I mean, bitch. everybody is. But yeah. No. I, bro, I've the seen reason, some clips, bro. The reason I say that is because your ascension and, like, your – you you got good really fast, yeah. which is what I'm trying to say. Like, yeah, bro, you insane. remember I was a fat boy. Oh, for sure, yeah. But like, definitely if like a fat boy. Like, I wasn't supposed to be like athletic. Mm-hmm. I was a center in football, bro. I used to just hike the ball to my motherfucking QB <laughs> and just try to run like pancake a motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> just hit him. You know what I mean? Just use your big ass body, dude. And that, and that was my identity. And I I realized I'm like, dude, like I have a skill. Like I have an IQ. Like I'm I'm. Like, yes, I'm big and I want to utilize that, but I also want to show off my skill, mm-hmm. you know, and not to knock a center like that still takes skill. But but I felt like I had more way more finesse to my game. You know what I mean? And so when I went to basketball, I realized that, like, I can utilize finesse like I can stand out more so than just being big and knocking somebody even, over. Even if you're not to say a center isn't important, but. Let's be honest. The center isn't going to stand out on the football field. No, you never you never just look at a center and are like, Unless that's a motherfucking hell of a center. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, you never do. I don't give a fuck if he's pancaking. Like, you might unless, say, oh, shit. Like, he just hit the shit out of him. Like, unless you're a coach and you're analyzing film and, like, you're, right. you're recruiting. or That's you're, the only time you'll you're see You're actually, like, like game planning. But the fans, the crowd, you're never yeah. going to get that recognition no. as a center. But ever. you go to basketball and you could be a, a big guy, but most big guys are – can be the star of the team star like of the team and that was my biggest thing bro was like i can come to basketball and i could people actually recognize me on the field you know what i mean other than that i wouldn't get no recognition yeah and i was like i could actually be somebody on this court like i have the potential so that's really what made me stick to basketball man was like that i could actually have the opportunity to showcase something that like was elite and that people could recognize yeah right so what do you think is like the benefits of somebody growing up um just playing like how did it benefit you would you say like maybe um just maybe certain lessons it taught you or how it maybe impacted your 
your upbringing and how you basically the person you came to be well growing up man i think sports is very important to kids just because you know especially in this day and age man like you got so many distractions man all these cell phones especially like these kids nowadays man they fucking on ipads at three years old dude it's ridiculous <laughs> and so yeah, we need to have something that it's kind of teaching us a bigger lesson, you know, and, and it's, it's teaching us life lessons and also keeping us focused and dedicated on, on something that's bigger than us. And a lot of times I feel like as a kid, like school alone is not going to do that for you. Like school almost feels forced on you. Um, and I think at the same time, it's very important that when you're doing something, you want to do something that you have fun doing. And so I think that's why sports is very important because it feels like, you know, we're doing something we have fun doing. Um, something that we can be good at and we can get better at and it gives us it gives us a a goal right oh I want to go play college ball so let me focus on this let me dedicate some time towards this rather than just kind of just being there and figuring out what to do next Mm -hmm. feeling like I feel like it gives a lot of people um, especially young people just guidance in a way like yes even though there's you still really don't know shit as a like a teenager right at least you have a rough guideline and just path that keeps you like somewhat um straight aim aim yes. towards something aiming towards something exactly you know? i can't I, I can't even picture my life without what it would it. be like without, without basketball like i really i really don't know even like what i would be doing right now i mean obviously i don't play basketball right now but it's still I mean, it taught it taught me a lot, and it introduced me to almost every one of my closest friends. Exactly. Sport. So, yeah, dude, it, I think it's super vital in everything we do. And you, growing up, you, um, I remember you're, you're in your because you you lived with both your mom and your dad growing up. Yeah. I mean, I was I was over damn near, if not every weekend, every other weekend, we were just at each other's house. We flop each other's houses. Hell yeah. I used to really live at your house, bro. Like he, yeah. <laughs> bro, I used to love coming to your spot. Always had some good food. <laughs> every time. You think so? Dude, every time. I feel like our pantry like, wasn't You put shit, me on bro. so many new, like, meals, bro. Like, you just woke my, like, bro. How? Bro, remember, bro, I remember there's one time I'll never forget this day, bro. It was, there's two specific meals that I'll never forget, <laughs> bro, that I came to your house. Bro, your parents made a fucking nachos that they put in the oven, bro. They that, put, like, the tostadas in there, and they, like, made this nacho fucking oven fucking baked shit. Bro, it was delicious, bro. Had some beef in there with the shredded cheese and the tostadas in there. I don't think that's really groundbreaking, bro. Bro, to me, I had never seen no shit like that. Yeah. I was fucking amazed, bro. I'm like, this shit is crazy. That shit hits. The other one, bro, was some dessert, bro. Well, was it was it the, the day a- the apple cobbler, bro. The apple cobbler, bro. That shit was amazing to me. With ice cream, with some motherfucking <laughs> ice cream, some warm peach apple. I mean apple pie, with some motherfucking ice cream, bro. That shit, I was mind blown, bro. That shit, <laughs> your life changed after that. My life changed, bro. <laughs> yeah, bro. That's honestly, that's a. I mean, I'm not gonna sit here. We have it like every weekend, but definitely it's a staple in this household. Yeah. But with that. Um, I remember your like your relationship with your dad. Like your dad's um cool ass dude, bro. Like yeah. Honestly, growing up, I was always kind of like intimidated of your dad, bro. Everybody was, bro. He's like everybody was scared of him. Even the fucking parents, I feel like. Yeah, he's a commanding presence, bro. He definitely. <laughs> he's he's that type of dude, but yeah, he demands it, huh? Mm-hmm. Demands respect. <laughs> I remember um your guys' relationship. Like you guys were super close. 
um and at the same time i remember him like just being very disciplined with you and just very very tough on you to say the least i remember um like games we'd be uh We'd be on the way back from, like, you'd give me a ride, and then it, we'd be after the game. We could have won by 20 or lost by 20. You were always getting, like, chewed, chewed the, fuck, the out. fuck out, bro. Like, he was yeah. ripping you a fucking new one every yeah. game, bro. Every game. Like, and I just remember those times. I'm like, damn, like, I, I just I want to get your perspective on what that was like. Like, not, not only just, like, him chewing you out, but just your relationship with your dad and yeah. how his basically kind of, like, tough upbringing just kind of helped shaped who the person you are today well if we're speaking as far as right now you know and looking back at it as a you know as a grown man i'm very grateful that he was like that for me because especially knowing like my personality and who i was i was the kind of guy that you needed to be tough on me if not i didn't take you serious Mm -hmm. and i don't know if that has something to do with how i was raised by him but it's like if you didn't tell me in a firm way or you know, or you weren't somebody that um, I felt like I looked up to. I wasn't. I wasn't gonna have none of. I wasn't gonna hear it. So I feel like he just did what he had to do, um, and and it shaped me a lot as as far as who I am today. You know, he showed me a lot of valuable lessons, man. At the end of the day, like he was very tough, and you know, he would discipline me every single time I fucked up. But it just taught me that you know, there's consequences for all your actions. And not only that, but he also taught me that even when you think you're doing good, there's always something you can improve on. You know, even if you think you had the best performance or you think you did your best shit, your best work. He taught me you can always look back and always find something to improve on. Mm. So those are some of the qualities that, you know, I still carry on to myself this day. And and that's part of the reason why I'm so hard on myself, because no matter how good I do, no matter how, how good somebody might say I'm doing. I always look back and say, well, this wasn't all that good. Mm-hmm. You know, I lacked here, and I could improve here. So for that reason, I'm very grateful. But at the time, it was very hard to sit there and, you know, just get ripped by him all the fucking time. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, like you said, we'll get we'll win a fucking game by 20 points. You know, I could have fucking 20 points, my damn self. And the whole team could have played well. And he's going to sit there and say, you know, well, I didn't fucking slide my feet on the baseline and this other big motherfucker had 15 on me and we both tied rebounds. So, like, I didn't dominate his ass like I should have. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, because of that, he's going to sit there and tell me for 30 minutes how this motherfucker should have, you know, shouldn't have dropped this many goddamn points on me and how I didn't box him out enough. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Even though we might have, even though I still might have outperformed him. I didn't fucking kill him on the floor. Yeah. You know what I and mean? What I respect about your dad too is it wasn't even just you. He he'd get all other players to start like the whole game. What the fuck you doing, Diego? Dude, what you doing, Diego? Dude. <laughs> dude, you remember that time that Diego fucking dude? Oh, you weren't there, bro. I don't think you were there, bro. There was one time we were in Cali, bro, and and Diego was playing with the Latino you? Select. Do you remember that? Yeah, he was playing Latino Select, bro. My dad, like, you know, he if you playing like shit. Like, if you're having a bad game, bro, gonna like, you know, bro. he's going to talk his shit on that sideline, bro. <laughs> and he was on d ass this one day, bro. Really? D-Lou. Hey, d are you watching this? <laughs> Let me know if that's true. Hey, you think d remembers this shit? d definitely <laughs> remembers this shit, bro. I couldn't tell you what he said, bro, but he said some shit back to my pops on the sideline. Really? Bro, he started talking his shit back to my dad, bro. Like, he was sick. <laughs> he was sick, bro. 
And I just remember my dad being like, you, you fucking listening to me too much, too goddamn much. You get back on that goddamn court and run back on defense. <laughs> like, bro, he was on his ass, bro. Damn, I want to hear but that shit. But I done heard so many stories of, like, people getting pissed off. But then at the end of the day, bro, like, people still have no choice but to respect him because they know he just, you know, even though, like, he, he, he might have been hard on everybody, he just wanted everybody to be, like, to their best potential, yeah. bro. And, like, they couldn't they couldn't be mad at him because they saw how bad he was on me. Mm-hmm. Like, so, like, they couldn't be mad at him because it's not like he was just doing it to a few of them, bro. He was doing it to everybody. Yeah. And he... He did it to me times 10. Yeah. So, like, everybody kind of was like, shit, he's being real. Mm-hmm. So, they, they gave him that respect because of that. Yeah. And so. he was he was there all the time. You know, I don't think, like Every you said, time. I don't think he missed. You said he maybe missed one tournament. One tournament, bro. And, all and we won that motherfucker, too, yeah. in Vegas. I know he was shitty. Did we win the Arizona one, bro, with the WAB? You remember that tournament, right? The when Bro, we played pretty Tucson? damn good. Yeah. In Tucson? It was like in Pecos or it was or in like Pima or some shit. Pima. Yeah. Dude, we, we won that, right? Yeah. We won. It was I think it was one of the game where like we like there was damn near a fight in the championship game. Dude, that game was lit, low key. Yeah. It was fun. Yeah. It was like on some ghetto shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bro, those were our team was fucking nuts, bro. Like Dude, it was <laughs> lit, bro. It was fucking lit. Yeah. Honestly, like well, there's one thing, like, I want to bring up before we move on is it's crazy to think, uh, like, do you ever think about how much time you have left with your parents? All the time, bro. Yeah. Now that I'm getting older, like, I'm much more aware of that, and I want to, like, you know, soak it in and value it a lot more. Mm-hmm. There was, there was one thing I was, uh, I don't know where I saw it, but it was, like, when you hit the age of 18 or something like that, right. you've spent either it's like 90 to 95% of the time with your parents that you'll spend your entire life. So like after you hit this certain age, whether it's like 19, 18, 19, 20, that's yeah. you spent the majority of time, like with 90, 95% already. And the rest is like very minimal, very minimal. Yeah. So I always think about that, especially like because we're cl- so close to our parents, like, yeah, it's crazy, bro. Like, you can count on, like, so once, like, we move out. I mean, you already moved out, but once I move out, it's, like, for good. And then you really only have, you can start counting on, not on your fingers, but you can really start counting how many times you're going to see your parents again. If, like, if, yeah. if they make it to a certain age, you know? Right, right. As far as, like, yeah, especially, like, on a yearly basis, bro. Like, now that I'm traveling so much, I might come back home once a month. Exactly. Something to like that, you know what I mean? And then w- once you have... And then at that, like, it's not like you're with them all the time anymore. Like, you don't need them to take you anywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, you're just not dependent on them no more, man. So, yeah. And then w- once you have kids and once you move out, it's like, all right, you're going to see them for holidays. Maybe two, maybe three, four times a year. A yeah. year. And so then you start counting, like, damn. Yeah. So it's just, it's just... I always think about that, bro. It's like, damn. Bro, That's but it was crazy is, like, you know, life moves on, bro, and, like, time... Time stops for nobody. Mm-hmm. And, like, they always talk about how, you know, well, I remember when I was 20, you know, time moves fast. You're going to be here soon. And so that also blows my mind, bro, because before we know it, like, we're going to wake up and we're going to be 40 years old with, like, a family. Does does getting old uh, scare you? <sighs> yes and no, bro. Like, I just wonder, like, how fast it's really going to move. I mean, it's already moved pretty fast, but they always say, well, 
once you're 20, like once you're 20, like once you're grown, it's really going to fly. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so I don't know, bro, like what's really old, bro? Because some people say like, well, you know, I didn't get successful till I was 40. Yeah. And they feel like they're still young sometimes. Yeah. So what really is old, bro? Like, you know, what's a good a age to mind. No, I'm just kidding. Like low key, bro. <laughs> Some of these fucking forty-five-year-olds, bro, have like a fucking twenty-five-year-old soul, bro. Yeah, no, these guys sure. are outside. Yeah, like, I think it, also it's just a different time where, like, people say like forties and you thirty and like thirties and you twenty. It's just like, but I don't know. I've always been not always, but there is a part of me that is like a little bit afraid of like getting older but i think it's just a matter of like running not running out of time but just there's just so much i want to do and and i feel like i feel i already feel the pressure as far as like your time the time so it's like yeah and i maybe isn't the best way to live but at the same time it's like sometimes you just can't help it you know right um so what age do you think like should you have like reached your goals like uh, I mean, I don't, that's the thing. Like, at what age should you feel like, okay, I could just, like, slow up and just chill and relax, like? Realistically, I don't think it's, I'm ever going to hit, I don't think I'm ever going to hit an age where I'm going to stop going after certain, like, just goals and experiences. Right. You think you're going to be 60 and, like, still full of fucking that drive, like, I need to get my, inve- like, more investments and, you know, I still need to, like, accomplish something else type um, things. I I do think so. At the same time, I would hope that some of the, I I would hope it's driven by something different, it, right? Something more because a lot of what honestly a lot of what drives me and like to accomplish certain things is a little bit out of fear of not reaching them, like reaching certain goals, you know? Right. So. It's sometimes it's not the most healthiest thing yeah. as far as when it comes to like mental health and things like that. So I would hope that I'm still definitely going hard at that age, but maybe with better in a better place um, mentally, if that makes sense. Does that make sense? Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. Like not chasing riches, but chasing like wealth. Yeah. And just just doing it for the right reasons. Not right. Not to say I'm not doing it for the right reasons right now, but. Um, we all got it yeah more more so like sometimes sometimes you just feel like you want to prove yourself to others exactly it's like i'm i'm seeking not only to others but just validation from myself so hopefully at one like somebody to recognize your potential your worth yeah and i'm always just fighting against that so right i i mean hope i don't know if i will but hopefully ideally you hit a certain age where that burdens off your shoulders and you can yeah. just really start going like just bro being i saw a video bro and like it, it's always stuck with me but like it says like in your 20s like you care too much about what others think and right and like you might be going hard but like you really care about what others think and he said something about like in his 40s like you know you start focusing more on work but you still kind of give a shit about you know mm-hmm. others and and their opinions on what you're doing and how you're doing and he said like you know, now that I'm 40, whatever the hell, like, he's like, I look back on it and, like, I really, like, I, I don't give a shit about none of that shit no more. And I really wish that I never did. And then you realize that, you know, when you're 50, that nobody ever even gave a shit about you to begin with. And so why were we chasing this validation when actually, like, 
nobody was, you know, gave a shit about what you were on anyway, no matter how good or how bad you really were. You get what I'm saying? Like, we're chasing something that literally is like, you know, a cat chasing its tail around, bro. Like, it's it's pointless. No, for sure. I, I think that's... I think that's super like accurate because at the end of the day, like, I don't know. I just think you, you have to experience it yourself because like, even though we can talk about it for whatever reason, like it's hard to apply. Yeah. It's just, it's just, you get caught up in it. Then like ideally you, you try to um, keep that in mind as much as you can while you're moving forward. And now that you mentioned that, like, I'm going to really try it. Like, I do hit, I heard, I hit certain periods where I do, I, I, I just, I'm just much, I'm much better state mentally where I'm just really focused on the work and the creative aspect of things and really just trying to do the best, the best work I can. But right. I do hit certain moments where I am focused on, all right, who's tuning in, who's watching, like, it, right. is this thing gonna, like, am I gonna be able to make, just make this like more of a, just a bigger thing and just, yeah. Um, hopefully make a living off some of these things and right but i think it's super i think it's super true because but that's a scary boundaries and not because at the same time like you kind of do have to be tapped into that to really grow your audience right Mm -hmm. like you kind of have to know who's watching i think it's a i think it's a a, a balance that everybody has to reach where right because especially in this day and age man like yeah i i think for sure you there needs to be a balance of for sure having pure intentions behind your work as far as you're doing it for the right reasons you're doing it for the reason you you set out to do it for in the first place like you know your purpose right at the that's same, the key word bro yeah you, you you know the purpose of it and at the same time you still need to be tapped into um not necessarily people's opinions but just kind of what's working and what people are gravitating towards exactly it's just something's some pieces of like work or content sometimes aren't the best thing for people to be gravitating towards. Right. But at the end of the day, like who are you, who are you to determine what's, uh, what might stick, what's, what's going to stick with certain people like that. So that's another thing that I always try to keep in mind whenever I'm doing anything is all I can really do is yes, I have to pay attention to certain things, but at the end of the day, all I can do is put, do the best work I possibly can. Yeah. And whether that audience likes it or not, like I really can't do, or whether, whether it reaches a lot of people or not, I really cannot control that because right. all I can do is do the best that I can as far as quality and as far as doing the research on what I think is going to resonate with people. Right. But other than that, once you put it out, it's really just, it's, it's not, it's not up it's to out you. of your control. Yeah, which you said about nobody really gives a fuck. I, I think that's so true, bro. Like, yeah. that's something that I think everybody, especially our age, needs to keep in mind. Especially yeah. myself, is that, bro. Everybody is living their own life, and yeah. everybody has their own problems, and is so focused on their life that, yes, like you're gonna get some criticism, but at the end of the day, nobody gives a fuck, bro. They don't give like, a shit. And it's 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 hard not to say people don't care about you, but right. when it comes to like you trying new shit and you like you fucking up, like bro, like who it's cares? really who cares it's exactly? Nothing. It was really never nothing. Yeah. So <laughs> it's it's crazy that it takes so many years for people to realize that. But right. We'll see, bro. Maybe 
like I said, hopefully we can. But that's put the that thing about being like, I guess, wise. Like they say, you know, the wise man doesn't have to experience something to learn from it. He just has to listen to somebody else's experience and they'll learn from it. But also, that's like, that's very hard to, to like enforce into your life because it's like if you don't know, you don't know what you don't know. Like yes, you heard it, but you can't relate to it. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like you don't know what it feels like. You don't know what it really is you know what i mean it's like just the unknown still to you yeah it's nothing but kind of just words like oh yeah i I know this might result from this but i don't know the pain i don't know the hurt so therefore like you're not as considerate when it comes to certain things you know what i mean no for sure no that makes sense like have you ever read something or heard something um one time and then for whatever reason like it doesn't hit you or you don't like you don't really understand it and then right. maybe you come back to it and you read it again and you're like see a whole oh, different shit. meaning of it. like that's uh that mind blown really resonates right so i don't know maybe it's just a matter of timing and you right. really being able to comprehend these certain things or but yeah man it's like i i think it's just hard to do that when there's so many distractions there's so many distractions nowadays bro like it's crazy like you can i go through phases where i feel locked in and i feel like like things are okay like i'm right i'm i'm good i'm i feel like i'm focused i know what what i know like what you're going for like i know what i'm going for but there's also times where like i feel fucking like overwhelmed by so much shit like it's harder it's kind of hard to explain yeah i think what we need to master bro is is just patience bro Mm -hmm. like that's our like that's our biggest enemy is like i feel like we get caught up trying to be desperate and trying to get somewhere so fast like we feel like we need it all right now and when that happens we we end up being getting desperate and we end up we end up second guessing a lot of the like the shit we're doing like the path that Mm -hmm. we're really on and in reality, bro, like we could be doing a hell of a job and we're just not giving ourselves enough credit mm-hmm. because we're so caught up in I should be getting these rewards now, bro. Like, like, why am I not winning right now? You know what I mean? Whereas it's the long game, bro. Like you got to just keep your head down and keep going and it'll all pay off one day. But and this is stuff that I still am kind of struggling with because, you know, there's times where I've been doing very well and I'll just go out there and make a fucking desperate decision. And I'll kind of set myself back at the end of it. Mm-hmm. And I'll look and I'll be like, damn. You know, now that I've kind of set myself back, I look and I'm like, I wasn't doing bad. Like, I wish I gave myself more credit. Mm-hmm. Like, I wish I just looked at myself and said, like, and realized that I was actually, like, doing it. Like, I was in the process of doing it. I should have just kept going and just kept building. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, we get so desperate that we end up setting ourselves back. Whereas if we just would have just been a little bit more patient, you know, we would have kept on building. Mm-hmm. No, that's a that's a, a really good point, and I think uh, I think it really helps having people around you that uh, can help you, like, just keep that in perspective. Right. Because when you're in it, when you're having like relationship issues, for example, you're f- you can be going through the same thing that you are giving your your friend advice on yeah and telling him something yeah and you could be completely disregarding what you told your friend yeah in your situation in your situation yeah. yeah i guess it's just a matter of you being in the middle of it where it's hard to really 
grasp it. Yeah, like just step above yourself and really understand where you're like what's going on. So yeah. I think having having people around you especially to remind you to like that you you're doing at just to remind you that you're doing the best you can. You yeah. Know? Doing you're doing what you can. Yeah. Um, you're taking baby steps. Yeah, exactly. As former athletes Let's be honest. It's it's hard not to look back on. I think every athlete, for sure, at least has to have one one thing they look back on, and like, especially when you're older, just to look back on and be like, "Damn, I wish I knew this when I was like, when I was still playing type shit, yeah. or when, when we were in high school." But like we said, we played high school basketball with each other, and if I'm being honest, from yeah. my point of view, talk to me about it. I'm only we're, I'm only talking about it because it was a very um, I think it was a very impactful time, especially in my life, um, was playing basketball in high school. Yeah. Um, obviously I've moved on from it. Like, um, but it's hard not to think about certain, certain shit like that, especially when it's so, I mean, it's not that, it's not that far, far ago. Yeah. Um, but honestly, I feel like it didn't end. It left a bad taste in my mouth to this day. <laughs> Terrible taste, man. Like, does that mess with you? That fucks with me, bro. Yeah. Because I only have a banner up in that gym for my sophomore year, which was not even nowhere near my best year. Mm-hmm. My junior year and my senior year were both way better years. Can you believe we made it further? I played some way better ball, bro. Like, there was, I was obviously playing, like, in spurts. Like, there were, like, the beginning of the season, obviously, my senior year, bro. Like, I was fucking locked in, bro. Mm-hmm. And then, like, it just it went to shit, bro. And my junior year, I got a little bit better. But at the same time, like, even though I was improving, like, off the court, I was on some bullshit, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, I wasn't so I wasn't doing the things I was supposed to do away from the court. Yeah. So do you think your experiences during high school, during that time when, like, let's just say, um, like, I would say, like, senior year. Does, did you learn a lot from those experiences as far as like because you we always talk about like you felt like you weren't um you just weren't you wish you could have th- did things differently right you know and what, what what was some of those things like if if you knew if you knew what you know now what would you have told yourself back then and what what would you have wanted to be different i would have just wanted to just take take it more serious man and and realize that you know, I have the rest of my life to live after college or after whatever I was pursuing. Even if I wanted to go pro, like, I would have had the rest of my life to live to just, you know, fuck off, man. Like, to just be on some bullshit or, like, you know, do dumb shit or, you know, whatever. Like, go through any type of experience that I thought I was missing out on. Parties, clubs, women. Bro, I have time. I had time. I felt so under pressure that, you know, I got to I gotta do everything now. I'm missing out. But in reality, I was missing out on nothing because at the end of the day, what I remember today is none of the parties, none of the women, none of those memories are here with me today. It's all the shit that I regret that could have and potentially led to me going down a different path and could have benefited me in tremendous ways. Yeah. But I chose to neglect it and chose to, you know, I took it for granted. Yeah. And what's great is we're talking about is it's not like you're like it's not like you're not successful right now right so take like i think it's important to realize like 
it was it's not like it was the end of your life right you know? right right but it it was something that really uh, affected you and in, i mean it affected me too like right i think i think about back to that time and even though we were close i wasn't uh like we were still brothers at that time but we didn't spend that much time like we didn't hang out that much besides right. like obviously we like were always together events. because of basketball like right but like we practiced together but other than that like we weren't we didn't really like out, hang out, out. Of, yeah yeah out of school or and out of events the only thing i think about that time was even though i felt like i was fairly locked in when it came to the game right i always feel like i i always think about if it would have made a difference if i was a little bit more um outspoken and just right. maybe try to but at the, at the do you think it would have made a difference at that point well I feel like people are going to do what they want regardless. Yeah. But I also do think that, you know, leaders can influence others. Yeah. So, and it's not a knock at you, but I could also say the same thing to myself. Like, well, maybe if I had my head on shoulders or my, my head on my shoulders and maybe if I was a little bit more focused, maybe I could have pulled some of my other teammates out of the hole we were digging. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Maybe I could have been the one to be like, y'all being stupid, man. Like, let's let's fucking go to the gym. Yeah. You know, let's fucking go put in some more work, man. Like, we trying to win this ring. Like, come on, let's lock in. You want to fuck off? Let's fuck off after the season. Yeah. After we done made it to the, you know what I'm saying, to the state championship. Long story short, we ended up, like, it was a s- senior year, and we, uh, I think we were up by, like, 20 at halftime. Bullshit. And just completely smoked the 20-point lead and lost by, like, one Bullshit. or two. And... Do you think it was obviously? I mean, there's things that happen in the game, but do you think it just things like that catch up to you? Like not putting in the time. Yeah, I think I think it did definitely did catch up to us. I mean, that was that was like what we deserve. Like eventually, man, like the work you don't put in is gonna catch up to you. And on that big stage, man, like you know, we took it for we took the lead for granted, and not only that, but we probably took a lot of the season for granted mm-hmm. you know we probably missed out on a bunch of shit that we should have been at you know what i mean times where we were taking off and thinking it was okay that other team might have been sitting there dedicated even though we might have been way better than the team they had more discipline than us and that's what that's what literally killed us that game was the discipline mm-hmm. if we was more disciplined as a team not to say that you didn't have the discipline or other players on the team had the discipline but if we as a whole unit were together and disciplined, bro, we would have smoked them. Mm-hmm. We would have killed them by 30, 40. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's how it was setting up. <laughs> yeah. We would have smoked them, bro. It was it's, it's It almost seemed too easy that first half. Yeah. We went into that second half thinking it's over. Thinking about that Elite Eight type we shit. We was thinking about <laughs> it like, man, this is cake work. This is it right here? Yeah. We up by 20? We could, <laughs> co- we could walk. We could walk the rest of the game. We're going to win this bitch. Yeah. And, it and was there just, you go. What bro, happened? Bro, what's crazy is like I I think about like I remember the feeling in like not even not even when we lost, but even like in the f- beginning of the fourth, maybe even the third, where it just felt like off. It felt off, bro. Like, Dude. like it's like we all felt it. That's what's crazy. Like it's even though we were up we by all felt ten it, fifteen, though. it's like something had changed at that point. It was like, what the fuck is happening, bro? Like. We really cannot. First of all, we can't hit a shot. Second, it's like, it just felt like. Bro, I was missing bunnies, Doug. Yeah. Like, I mean, right at the rim, point blank. Like, smoking them hoes. It's not like they were, like, 
playing like lockdown D. It was like, just like my shit was just bouncing off the back of the rim, bro. Like r- r- circling off the rim, like yeah. just bunch of bullshit, bro. And then what's crazy is not that I'm like not that it's your fault. Like it, there's a bunch of things that led to that point. But even though we still had a chance to win, and like it just didn't happen, like it was crazy. It's a game I never forget, bro. Yeah, it fucks with me to this day, <laughs> and obviously I don't think about it all the time, bro. But I mean, when you, you know, do, I though, take the like... most responsibility for it, bro. Like because because I was supposed to be the one that was, you know, like I was supposed to be the one that was supposed to be better. Like you held your end up of the stick. Like I'm the one that felt like I didn't do what I was supposed to do. Like, and if you just look back at it, bro, like you know, growing up through city league, you know, who my dad was, like I was supposed to be the one that was supposed to be focused. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I was supposed to be better, and yeah. I wasn't. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? And so I always hold myself to that, like, accountable to that, to say, like, bitch, that one was on you. Like, you let your team down. Like, you played like shit. Like, I wasn't supposed to have a bad game that day. Yeah. You know what I mean? I wasn't supposed to be missing free throws, bro. Like, I probably had the highest free throw percentage on the team or if not, if I wasn't first, I know for sure I was second. Yeah. Like, I had, like, a 90% free throw percentage on the season, bro. Like, I didn't miss bunnies. Like, I didn't miss free throws. Mm-hmm. I missed the fucking first shot on a one-on-one, bro. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, That I think you said it is, like, it Like, it's almost like I knew. Like, and I ain't going to lie to you, bro. Like, I remember that time vividly, bro. Like, especially after that terrible game I had, bro. I can't lie to you, bro. That crowd was loud. And I heard every fucking sound of that crowd, bro. I was nervous. Mm-hmm. As as calm as I tried to be. And people say I rushed the shot, bro. But in my head, I was like, bro, I, didn't, I wanted to stick to my routine. My routine wasn't long. I yeah. never took my time. I took, like, two dribbles. I, I gather and I shoot. Yeah. I, I did the same thing as I always do, bro. I took my two dribbles. I gathered and I shot. Mm-hmm. I fucking missed. <laughs> like, I didn't fucking rush nothing, bro. That was my regular routine. Yeah. I think you said it perfectly where it's like, the work you like the work you put in or you don't put in eventually like it's gonna it's gonna catch up like if if i'm just using yours yours you as an example yeah like potentially if let's just say you'd have done that you what you felt you would have done yeah you wouldn't have heard that crowd like it was like yeah i would have been locked in bro bro, the discipline would have kicked in i do this i sacrificed too much for this Mm -hmm. but instead i was insecure bro like i doubted myself and that was from the lack of the work that I put in. Yeah. Like, I didn't put work in and I knew it. I knew I didn't put some work in. And so, therefore, that made me second guess a little bit more than I probably should have. Even though I was highly capable to hit a lot of shots or even fucking hit a free throw, man. But in my head, I knew and I was self-conscious of the fact that, damn, bitch, like, you might have, you know what I'm saying? You've been playing, you didn't have a shitty game, and then everything starts to seep in. Damn, the whole season, like, you fucked up earlier in the season. You neglected, you know, some of the work that you should have been putting in. Instead, you were mad about it. Like, I'm talking about mid-game. Like, you, you know, you're not really exactly thinking about it, but it's, like, in your conscious, like, on in a weird way. Like, I don't know how to explain it. Like, I'm not just there, like, fuck, like, I didn't, I fucked up the whole season. But, like. At the end of the day, like, there's just some type of guilt to it you, you, that you, you feel, bro. You know subconsciously, bro. Like, you you carry it around with you. And it was, I was nervous, bro. And I shouldn't have been nervous. It's crazy how this shit just, like, stays with you. Yeah, man. I think everybody has that shit, though, bro. Like, yeah. And 
I'm sure you learned so much from from that experience. Like, yeah. What What would you say to like an athlete who's maybe in that same position where they've been told like, "Yo, like you're fucking up. Like you're so talented." Because it's not like you weren't a like just because you didn't put him to work. Like you were still nice as fuck. Like yeah. So I think there's a lot of athletes that are talented, but for whatever reason, they feel like they're not. They just don't put in the work they need to be putting in at that time. So for someone like who is like in your position right now, what would you say to them? If in your mind you feel any type of any type of, you know, resentment to a certain extent or you feel like, you know, you feel comfortable and you feel like, you know, you can be doing more. But at the same time, you feel like you're good enough, then you're definitely not doing enough. And you definitely need to go into the fucking gym and you need to do the extra because the extra, in all reality, the extra is just enough. Like, we don't realize that, you know, practice is the bare minimum. Like, that's the bare minimum. Like, if you just go to practice and and you expect to be big time, you're never going to reach that goal that you you feel like. If you want to overcome and be great, it's never going to be enough. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to do the extra. And the extra is going to have to feel like it's regular to you, normal. It's, it's nothing. This is my regular. And after that, you do extra than that. You know what I mean? After you put in that extra, those extra 100, 200 shots in after practice, then you hit an extra weight room workout after that. Mm. You hit an extra cardio workout after that. That is what's going to separate you. Mm. Other than that, you're going to be just like everybody else. Mm -hmm. You're going to be just as likely to fuck up. You're going to be just as likely to not succeed. Yeah. And take it from people who have experience if you put in the work that you're supposed to, that you know you should be doing, and you, right. put, you, you really put it on the table, even if you lose, at least you know like you, you fucking laid it out on the line. To the fullest extent. It is abs- the absolute worst feeling in, in the world to know that, not even just in sports, but in anything that knowing that you failed and you didn't do everything you could to put yourself in position to succeed. Right. Cause sometimes it just doesn't pan out it like doesn't. Sometimes, sometimes, but at least, you know, you control what you can control. And right. in some instances you don't, and it's the absolute worst. worst. Yeah. And I will say this, man, it, it's a much better feeling to, to go out, to go out and be able to say that, you know, I gave it my everything. Like mm-hmm. I genuinely gave it my everything, man. Like for the rest of your life, you're going to know that. I gave everything. Yeah. Whereas, you know, if you don't, that regret's going to stick for you with mm. you for a while. Yeah. Especially if it's something that you really love or you, you really had a passion for, that regret's going to stick with you for a while. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it's going to be a minute. It's going to be hard to try to get over that. But at the end of the day, there's always a lesson learned in everything. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if, if you're going to do. And thankfully, we've learned it pretty young <laughs> yeah exactly man and you know that's why sports is very important because at the end of the day they'll teach you life lessons man they'll teach you there's always a bigger picture to it mm-hmm. and if you really let it sit in and you really think about it you can learn some things that you can utilize in in, in the game of life mm-hmm. you know because life is also a game even even regardless of that fact you were still fortunate enough to continue to, to play, yeah. And so you ended up going to Lewis and Clark. Yeah. Community College. It was yeah, D1 JUCO. Division 1 JUCO. And uh, 
What's what was that experience like, bro? Just that was some dope shit, bro. Like that was some dope shit, man. We, it was a JUCO, but like the experience was still like top tier, man. Like what I like about it, man, is it, and it taught you how to become a man and how to grow up because you realize that you know certain programs and all programs are ran differently. You know, a lot of these programs, man, like the coaches will only guide you and and, and lead you so far, and you realize like. I'm not in high school anymore. I'm in college. Like, at the end of the day, like, this shit is on me. Like, I don't have nobody there holding my hand. I don't have my parents there forcing me to do shit. I don't have a trainer or or a coach telling me, you know, you got to do this. And, yes, there are some certain programs, certain schools, and certain students, uh, players with that kind of access and that kind of support. Um, But it's not always like that, man. My coach, you know, weight room, that was on you. You know, all we do is go through our offensive scheme, bro. We'd run a little bit of defensive drills to go through our offensive scheme. The weight room, anything after that, any extra cardio, that's on you. So high school, as far as practice goes, was much harder? Most definitely. College, man, all all our coach wanted to work on was our scheme, running our offensive, you know, playbook, you know, getting our scheme together, bro, like just making sure we were efficient and running, you know, our pass, swing, cut, offense, and, and pass and screen away and all that shit. Bro, our practices to the Our practices in high school were hell, bro. bro. They were elite, bro. Hell, people don't realize, bro. Like they were fucking elite, bro. Like I always, and I, I told my like my teammates, bro, that were in college. Like I ain't gonna lie to you, bro. Like if we trained like how we did in high school, bro, like we would be so fucking elite. Yeah. Like and that's honestly what separated some of the schools. Like I could see that the schools we would play against, they would do some of the same shit we would do, bro. Like the defensive slides and the warm up. Lincoln used to do that shit, bro. And so I'm like. You know, that that separates you man but at the end of the day like if you don't have the drive yourself like you're not going to separate yourself like you have to do the extra bro mm-hmm. especially in the college level doing just the bare minimum just going to practice is not going to be enough because even if you're the most talented dude bro like it's only going to take you so far because there's juco players and like that should be d1 bro there's d1 players that demoted down to juco yeah like Bro, the, the, it's a lead in there, bro. Like, don't sleep on the Juco, bro. Like, those guys are skilled and talented, bro. Like, Jay Scrubs, he was in my conference, bro. I played on my freshman year. I think he was a freshman, too. He was older, but he was a freshman. And, bro, he got drafted right out of the Juco, right from the college I played him in at Lincoln. He got drafted straight from there and went to the Clippers. Damn. And he's one of the, he, he, he was one of the first ones to do that in the Juco, like, in a while, bro. Like, people haven't gone Juco straight to the league like that in, in a little minute. Mm-hmm. He was one of the first ones to do it in a minute. Yeah. Did you feel like you were hitting your stride at some point when you were out there? Like, you felt like you could, oh, I could hoop with these dudes? Like, it was Almost like- definitely. I was starting to grow my confidence. Bro, the first game, my first college game, bro, I was showing glimpses, bro, to the point to where, like, you was, was getting PT your first, your first game? Bro, my first game, I had, like, I had started off with, like, like 15 minutes coach didn't play me like for a lot of the first half and then i i played like a couple minutes at the end of the first half the second half bro he ran me the whole second half damn to the point to where he he kept me in for like the last like 13 minutes of the second half he told he bro he ran a play for me he said i want you to take this last shot my freshman year first game he said he drew up a play for me i was so in shock that when he drew it up for me i just grinned like i grinned like 
I was just like, damn, like he, he see this shit, like he yeah. he knows what's going on. But I grin because I'm like, at the same time, I'm like, damn, like you went from not playing me the whole first half to like now you want me to take the final shot. And so enough, man, like you know what I'm saying. I didn't take the final shot, man. You know I'm I'm for the team, and if I feel like there's a better shot, I pass it up. Mm-hmm. I could have tried to force something, and I, I you know what I'm saying. And maybe it wasn't a force. Like maybe I did could have ride. I could have rose over him probably. But, like, I felt like it was doing too much. Like, you know, I felt like my boy Delaney had a better shot. And I think he took the shot. Mm-hmm. I think I passed it to Delaney. He took the shot he missed. Mm-hmm. Um, So I just wanted to show my teammates and my coach that, you know, even though the play might be for me, I'm willing to give up a shot, like my shot for a better shot. Yeah. And so, you know, with that, man, it, you know, I was still doing good. You know, my my next game, it, I didn't get as I, – I, I was getting about the same amount of PT, like maybe like 15. But Was it harder to score? Most definitely. Yeah. You got to be a little smarter than that. Like, instead of, you know, in high school, whereas you can just easily go and get into the paint, get to the to, get to the cup, you know, now you want to start developing them pull-ups, shit like that, you know what I'm saying? Get your, your dribble drive, just, you know, um, triple threat, straight to the rim, draw a foul or finish the bucket. But, like, all that extra shit, like, wasn't flying. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You got to get to the point, man. Be a little bit more efficient with your movements, your, your IQ, your passing, all that shit. Yeah, you can't just but, uh, be dancing. I mean, there's certain people that can, but for the most right. part, you you yeah. gotta you, you gotta get straight to it, man. Like mm-hmm. other than that, you're gonna look goofy. You're gonna just be you're gonna get your teammates pissed off, and you know what I mean. Like it's it's a lot more serious at that level. Yeah. So you played how many games? Uh, my my first semester, I played like I want to say like six or seven games. I want to say like six maybe. And you were were you enjoying it? Bro, it was dope, bro. Yeah. Like, you know, I was like I said, I was playing good minutes, and then like, I ain't gonna lie, I started fucking up a little bit. I was like, I missed like a, like a couple classes, like this mythology class, and he fucking told my coach like that I was missing class. My coach, bro, he benched me. Damn. Like just like that, bro. I started like I, that very next game, bro. We got like three minutes on the court, three four minutes, and then coming to the end of that what, semester. What's it? Sorry, what's it like? playing damn near the entire game in high school and then like being your entire life actually you played yeah i can't even imagine what it's like and i'm sure you couldn't imagine like can you tell me what it's like like being that player now that like you have to start fighting for minutes like what bro you have to redevelop your confidence and that's why i say it's important to put the work in because other than that you're just gonna second guess yourself and uh and also, like, it takes time to, like, kind of get yourself accustomed to the game, man. Like, you know, you don't always play against just big-ass college players, you know what I mean? You know, you, like, even if you travel, bro, like, how often is it that we run into, like, a fucking a 6'10", 6'11", that could fucking just dunk, and, you know, a, a team full of fucking, you know, six, you know, the, the their starting point guard might be 5'11", or six foot, but the rest of them guys are fucking 6'4", 6'3", 6'6", and then you got a 6'8 under the basket, you know, and they Athletic all as fuck. and they all can dunk. Yeah, you know, and, and you see that in the city league too. Don't get me wrong; like it was, it's not like I wasn't completely like not used to it, but then again, like you're not just gonna go out there and drop twenty unless you really on your shit. Like you gotta be really on your best shit, and especially if like you feel like, you know, if you're not a starter, you're coming off the bench. It's gonna take a little bit of time to get adapt. You know what I'm saying? Feel comfortable, get your groove on. All I had to do was work on getting. Confidence from my coach to actually be on the floor more often. You get what I'm saying? And I started there, but missing class fucked me up. So that's why, you know, you got to be on your shit, man, when you're out there playing college ball and you, you got dreams and aspirations to grow. You got to take everything serious, the school and the hoops. Mm-hmm. And so you got to give people 
you can't give them a reason to to not give you the opportunity. Yeah. You end up uh, coming back for at the end of your first semester for Christmas break, correct? Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, this is where essentially like your college basketball was basically the end, like it hit the end. Yeah. Um, I remember getting a call from we, I was in Dallas at the time and we were at a Cowboys game, like just like getting ready to go in. I was back from Arizona state where I went to school. Yeah. Um, and I remember your mom calling me or your mom calling my mom and I didn't know it was her at the time, but you're like, my mom did that. Like, like, you know, that mom worried gasp, like the, yeah, like the Mexican mom, like no. <laughs> that heavy breath. Yeah, yeah. That heavy fucking breath, dude. Mm-hmm. And she, uh, basically saying that you're in the hospital and i was like what like what the like what the fuck do you mean like basically saying that you you basically were out last night or i don't even know what exactly said but yeah um you basically you were out um just having just with friends and stuff and then for whatever reason you ended up getting just kind of caught up in the wrong situation and you got assaulted by multiple individuals and ended up uh, in the hospital. And it was really just a domino effect of just different things that um, was that transpired from that moment, you know? Yeah. Um, can you kind of take me through that night roughly? What Take me through that night of what, uh, what happened? Yeah. Well, before I get into that, I do want to add on to the fact that and it's, it's just crazy how sometimes shit happens, man. Because, you know, obviously I was I was skipping a little bit of school and stuff. and uh, But I was, I was my minutes were starting to pick back up. Like, you know what I mean? I started going back to class. started doing more of my due diligence, right? Uh, coach started trusting me a little bit more. And we had just, I think our last game, bro, mm-hmm. our last game of the semester, I, it was with versus Lincoln, bro. Like, I remember, like, Lincoln, like, the, the school that we played that – Jay Scrubs was on that went to the NBA. Our last game of that semester, my last game of college was versus that guy. And so, you know, that's my last memory of playing college ball was versus him. And I, I got a couple minutes that game. I got like 14. I took a couple shots. I think I took like two threes, bro. Like I barely missed one of them hoes, like rimmed out. I'm talking about <laughs> popped out on me. And so, you know, and sometimes, bro, all it takes is for you to see one. And I was getting that confidence, but like I wasn't scared to shoot. Like at this point, I'm just I'm catching, I'm shooting. If I feel like I got any type of space, I'm jabbing them. If he give me a little, uh, I'm pulling. Like I'm talking about, I was letting the toes fly, bro. Like I had probably shot more threes my college freshman year than I had ever did. Like you really didn't shoot threes. I didn't shoot threes because it was too easy. I knew I could get to the rim. In college, I felt more like I had to shoot threes, and I felt like it was more important that I developed the three ball at that at that point of the game, right? So I started shooting more. And I wish I shot more in high school. I really did. But I felt like why take a three when I I could take a guarantee two? Like, I felt like I could get past anybody in high school. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I could get a guarantee two while I'm going to take a three. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so uh, that night, man, you know, I'm, I'm visiting. Man. I had only been in town for like two days. So, you know, all the boys talking about going to a house party, Cam's house party. So we go over there, you know, it's me and a couple of the guys. And. Uh, we over there. It was, a, it was a good night, man. Real fucking fun, you know. Had a, all these people over there from, uh, from like you know some of the high schools, and it was a real good night, man. So we fixing and we talking about, you know what? Uh, well, let's go to the club. 
So and not like you'd be, not like you're doing anything very foreign for a person yeah, for, in, in college. Yeah, like, 19, 20 yeah. year old. You know, you go, you go to house parties, you drink, and you go to you go to the club. Yeah, that's what we do. So, you know, after we was at the house party, we're like, you know, let's pull up to the club. And so, you know, we head to the club, and and I'm a little litty at this point. And uh, before you know it, you know, there is there is some shit going on, obviously. With you know one of my friends, um, and whatever was going on, I just know that these people wanted they they get back. So you know, long story short, man, you know we in the club, we inside, you know it's it's a fight breakout, um, and I end up outside, and you know at the end of all this this shit, you know I end up outside, and I'm missing a lot of my shit. So and you were kind of you were still kind of. Um, under the influence at that point. Yeah, most definitely. I was, you know, at that age, man, you just drinking, man. Yeah. You just, you just trying to have fun, enjoy your night. I was in town. It was Christmas break. I had just got done playing, you know, one of the biggest games of the season. And yes, we lost, but I was, I was proud of where I was at because, like I said, I was improving. Mm-hmm. You know, I had just, I, I was, I was recovering my minutes, man. I went from playing three minutes a game to that last game. I had probably played like 14, 12 to fourteen minutes, which is, you know. It's, it's it's big time, man. Like I, f- I was gaining that momentum, and so you know I was I was having a good time, man. A little a little ignorant to to the shit that was going around me because I was just so so uh, I was just so so caught up in the moment and happy that you know of where I was at in my life. I felt really satisfied with myself. So you know when you when you start getting too comfortable, you start getting a little delusional too. So that's why it's important to check yourself. But um. I was a little too comfortable, man. And so, long story short, you know, the fight, whatever, we go outside. And, uh, you know, two two got two gentlemen, whatever the fuck you want to call them, gentlemen, men. Uh, <laughs> we got into a bit of an altercation. Long story short, you know, they snuck me, they hit me, whatever. I hit the ground. But you really didn't it, know it a got, reason why at the time? At the time, I didn't. At yeah. the time, I didn't. I was... I was a little ignorant to to you know what was going on, and I, I, from what I remember, I was trying to figure it out, but you know it it was it was it was really not the time to be doing no talking. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, long story short, man, you know I, I hit the ground, whatever, and uh, these guys just got to walk off. And so the last thing I remember is just you know getting up, and I'm waking up, and you know in a pool full of my own blood, I'm stumbling, you know, and I'm I'm drenched in, in blood. And uh, long story short, I ended up going to the hospital that night. I ended up finding out I got a broken jaw, broken nose, and, you know, like lacerations all over my face, my knee, my wrist. Yeah. Um, and at that time, did you kind of black out in the middle of? Almost the, definitely. The, so you, you basically got knocked out. Yeah, I was gone. I was, yeah, yeah no, no, nothing. I couldn't remember anything that had happened that night. Do, I you, just do you remember waking up? Do you remember flashes of when you woke up still at the club, like, like waking up in blood yeah that's the only thing i remember what was you didn't feel any pain you didn't no pain nothing what i just remember just being full of blood and like you didn't know how bad it was though well you know not until i you know looked at my looked at my face and you know and i remember telling my home like my homeboy like that at the time that was you know he was driving my car i remember telling him like hey man how bad is this shit and Mm -hmm. i just remember like i just knew it was bad because like when when his response he was just like like he, he was just kind of quiet, and he, yeah. I just remember like, can't tell you exactly what he said, but I just know he was like quiet, and he was just like, man, yeah, 
And so, like, you know, I just I just remember, like, pulling down the mirror on, the, on my passenger side seat and looking at myself. And I, like, when I instantly looked at myself, I'm like, that rage just hit in, man. Yeah. And, you know, and I had no anger. choice but to just, yeah, a ton of it. Confusion, anger. That's the only thing I felt instantly at that moment. I had no choice but to just... And so, so you you ended up going to the hospital, and you're you said you're waiting a little bit, right? You're you're waiting for them to give you treatment, but they really yeah they really can't do anything at that point. Yeah, I was in a bed there for like like four or five hours, and you know they they hadn't done no procedures, nothing. I, after about two hours of laying in that bed, they had to give me some some morphine, uh, and that was that was about it. And then. Um, you know, like four hours later, I got transferred to the hospital to like one of the hospitals where they were going to start doing the procedures. And after about an hour of being there, went through the procedures. I went under, went through the procedures and just remember waking up. And I was fucked up. It was mm-hmm. time to heal. Because, yeah. you know, I just remember getting told, you know, hey, how you feeling? You know, this is what happened and this is what it's going to take for you to heal. And, and you had a broken jaw. Didn't, weren't your knees fucked up too? No way. Uh, yeah, they were like, they were just all fu- like all cut up and scarred and yeah. shit. Like nothing too but serious. A lot of it was just on your, on face, your face. Yeah. yeah most, of, most of my shit was on my face. When you're like, when you have time, when you're, you're in the hospital bed and everything, like you have time to kind of just really, you have time for everything to sink in. Like what yeah. just happened? What what is going through your head when you're like in the hospital bed? Like, are you? What are you thinking about? You really not thinking about nothing, man. You just did basketball come to your head, like immediately? Yes and no. Like, obviously, the thought of like, what's gonna come from this? Like, how is this gonna affect my bas? Like basketball? Like, like am I gonna lose it right off the rip? Am I gonna still get the opportunity to keep playing? Like, you know, like what's about to happen? And at the same time, though, like, you're just, you're obviously confused because you don't know what the fuck's going to come from this. Like, what's going to stem from this? Like, what's the end game that comes from this? And so, you know, you just kind of sit there and just ponder things. But at the same time, you're just very confused and lost. Like, what's next for me? Mm-hmm. You know, where where am I? Why did this happen? And, you know, what's next for me? And is there still that anger and like that frustration that comes with it? At the time, it was it was a lot of that, mm-hmm. a lot of frustration, a lot of anger, yeah, a lot of mixed emotions, man. I don't know how to feel, but I feel a lot of something. Mm-hmm. I remember uh, visiting you on Christmas Eve, and that shit was like obviously I knew that you were in pretty bad shape, but like when you actually see, literally, the one of your closest friends that you've known for like it's just it's crazy bro it's like a movie type shit yeah yeah it's what it felt like all right yeah and you you're you're able to get out of the hospital when like a couple of days and but you still it's still you knew you know I'm that still you very have, much like handicapped yeah i could only do so much i can't work out obviously because you have no strength in your jaw, you know what I mean? You can't push no weight because you're going to want to tense your jaw up. I'm still wired shut. You know, you're, you're, wired you're, you're drinking. Too. All you can drink is your, you can just drink food. You can't really eat shit, right? I can't eat nothing. I can't chew nothing. I can't even open my mouth. My teeth are literally clenched together at all times. And that, that's that's it. I have to somehow 
be able to manage to get something down my throat that can go through my teeth. It literally has to go through my teeth. Mm-hmm. I think I think about like obviously the physical effects of what what happened to you were terrible and it was really it was something really hard that I mean you still carry it with you to this day, right? Yeah. But I would say like the what you had to go through mentally and the ramifications from that were probably much tougher than the physical the physical at that time, would you say? Most definitely the physical man, I you know, even though to this day you can still see some scars and some lacerations, that's something that I'll carry with me forever, but but the physical, you know, I was I was back in shape, you know, being able to move around, you know, not long after. But the the mental is what carried on for years. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, and the weight of that was so tremendous, man. Like even like I said, even like years after I thought I was healed, you know, a couple years after I thought I was healed, I still found myself having very sad days and being very depressed over the situation. You know, and, and I would try to neglect it. I try to distract myself. But at the end of the day, like, I didn't, it, I didn't get over it until I decided to face it head on, reflect, and just genuinely try to move past it, try to let it go, try to try to forgive and, and learn and just genuinely move forward from it, man. Mm-hmm. And you say one of the toughest times that you went through was when you tried to go back to college and play ball after this whole incident right can you tell me about those was it a couple months or a few weeks that you had to yeah so i I went back um with my jaw all clenched up wires shut and uh it was it was tough man it was that, that was some of the toughest shit that i've ever been through which is which is why i feel so which is why I feel like there's not m- many things that I can't do because those times were so tough for me. And a lot of times it's not the physical that is your biggest enemy, man. It's, it's your mental. It's your mind. If you can put that callus on your mind and, and create that strength, that reinforcement that your mind needs, I mean, there's nothing you can't do in this world, man. Like, literally, it's your mind that you have to strengthen. And so, you know, those times were so, so hard for me. Um, well, first of all, you were alone. Most definitely, I was alone, um, away from everybody. Um, and you know, with all of this stuff being so fresh, I had no choice but to try to deal with it on my own. I didn't necessarily want to talk to my parents too much because talking to them just made everything seem so much worse. You know what I mean? And so, the truth is, is I neglected it to the fullest extent. I distracted myself while I was out there. I couldn't play ball. I know I couldn't be active. So I was just out there just watching, doing a lot of watching. You know, my 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 teammates were going to practice and it, you know, I was so sad that I found myself not even wanting to go to practice. Like I was I was you know, and my coach told me like you don't got to come to practice. Don't come to practice. And even though I probably should have gone like I didn't go. I just sat in my room and just stayed in my room and just kind of stayed to myself and I was just letting things pass me up man. and mentally physically I was there but mentally I was completely somewhere else like I mean I had totally lost like all type of drive all type of focus motivation like any type of direction I just was gone like I was just literally there and I was 
boss. Mm-hmm. Do you remember a specific moment that you can think back and think like, obviously there's very dark times, but one that comes to mind where, what were you thinking or just a specific moment? <sighs> well, I don't know. I had a lot of dark days, but there was just this one night that mine was racing all night and uh, I just, I couldn't get any sleep, man. And for whatever reason, it was like, you know, and I was in Illinois, man. It was cold out there. And for some, whatever reason, I feel like I had to go outside. And it was like 2, 3 a.m. And this is how fucked up I was. Like, everybody's asleep. Like, everybody and their moms is asleep. And it's 2, 3 a.m. and I can't go to sleep. And for some reason, I just start walking. And I just, I walked around the town, man. And it's freezing outside. I'm in there with like, you know, just like one sweater on. And some thin-ass little sweats. You know, I, I used to wear them little tight, skinny sweats, you know. So, <laughs> I had them little tight shits on. And I'm I'm outside looking, freezing my ass off. And I'm walking for, like, miles. Like, in the middle of the night, dude. Like, doing this weird shit. Like, trippy shit. My mind was just running. And I just remember going out to this lake, man. And, you know, while I was at this lake, you know, I had a lot of weird-ass, fucked-up, sketchy thoughts, man. And I just remember sitting there. And I was just contemplating so much on my life, man. And for whatever reason, you know, I told myself, like, just go back home, man. Like, just fucking go lay down. Like, you know, you're fucking tired. Like, you just, you've always been tired, but you're just thinking too much. Like, you just, you're just putting too much on yourself. Like, just go sleep and just try again tomorrow. You know what I mean? You felt like you hit your breaking point at that point. When you were I was there. I was very much so much done with with everything. Like, and it, it it sounds very selfish to say, but like when you're when you're at that point and like you're mental, like it almost feels better to just be gone because you feel like you're literally worthless. Like you bring no value to anybody or anybody, like anyone or anybody, like parents included. Like you just feel like a disappointment. Like you're just like dead space dead weight you know what i mean like you're here for nothing mm-hmm. yeah and you talk about um the time where you you felt like you couldn't do it anymore and you like called your pops and he was saying basically like just just stick it out a little bit but you literally had nothing nothing else left to to give at that point no and, and see after that night i mean it, it wasn't probably but like a week or two later you know, and, and I was actually seeing a counselor over there. I used to go and talk to her, and I don't know how I feel about counselors. I ain't going to lie to you, bro. Those counselors are a little fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they always use analogies to try to compare your situations to something. Oh, you feel like a fish. <laughs> you feel like a fish in the sea, but, like, you feel like there's no fish flocking to you. Like, <laughs> you got me fucked up. <laughs> ain't no fish out here. Like, I ain't worried about no motherfucking fish. Like, no, there's nothing, there's nothing to do with no goddamn fish. Got me fucked up. Dude, they use them analogies yeah. like a bitch, bro. Oh, so you're just like a frog that can't find its leaf. You're just like a lost frog that can't find a leaf. Bitch, you got me fucked <laughs> Bro, it's fucked up, bro. But anyways, that, that shit didn't really help me at all. And uh, I ended up telling my dad, I'm like, look, dad, I got to get up out of here like, just this environment I'm in, like, you know, being away, like, I'm not used to this. It's foreign to me. And just everything that's running through my mind, I just, I can't be out here. I got to go home. And he was just, he told me, like, you know, he told me a couple of times, like, maybe three times, four times, like, man, you got literally, like, six weeks left. Like, 
it's March. Like, you know, you graduated in May. Like, just thug it out, dude. Just finish strong. And I remember telling him, like, I'm not going to make it to motherfucking May. Like, I got to go the fuck home. Like, like I'm about to fucking book this flight. Like, I'm not going to make it to May. And he was just like, you know, he kept telling me a little bit, like, and just think about it, man. Like, you didn't came this far. Like, you're there. I'm like, I'm not. I'm not going to fucking make it. Like, I need to buy this fucking flight right now. And sure enough, you know, he was like, well, man, you know, I support you. I love you. You know, I never going to be mad at, you know, you doing something that you feel like is best for you. If you feel like you got to leave, then book the fight. And literally within two days, you know, I was booked and I was getting ready to leave within two days. And I went, went to my coach's office and uh, sat in his office and told him, I'm like, look, coach, you know what's going on with me. Like, you know, I'm, you know, I ain't played all se- the rest of the season. The whole second semester, I ain't been a I ain't been to nothing but one practice, and I ain't played not a damn game. I've been sitting down just watching all these games. It got to the point where I stopped showing up to the games. I went to, like, two games, and I stopped showing up. I just I just dry felt like shit. Like, I, you know what I mean? It was too hard for me to see everybody playing, and I felt stuck. And so uh, I, th- I told Coach, I said, look, Coach, I'm going to buy my flight back home, and, you know, I'm going to try to finish the semester online, but I just can't be here. And he was like, well – do what you got to do, man. You know, I know you're depressed and I know you're going through all of this shit. But I just want to let you know that, you know, you're going to face depression for the rest of your life. Like, it's not going to go anywhere. And you're just going to have to learn how to combat it and, and fight against it. And uh, and then he, like, finished off with saying, you know, I wish you well, man. And, you know, I hope everything goes well. And, you know, I need I want you to go back to your family. But I will not be extending you another scholarship for next season. And when he told me those words just like that, man, like, it just, it fucked my head up to the point to where, you know, I felt like I just needed to walk away from basketball. Mm. Like, it, it felt so detrimental to me to hear that. And even though, you know, there might have been things I could have done, like, at that point in time from where I was at mentally, like, that was just like the shot in the head. Like, I, I just, I got to get away from this, like. I need like I need I need something and it, like I don't think it's basketball right now, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, and so, you know, ever since then I just try to figure something out, and I, I just and it just it, the thought of basketball from that day on just it left me with a sour a very sour taste of basketball and college coaches and everything like, you know, and I don't know for some reason I felt like some type of a, abandonment. And even though that might have been me playing victim, it just that's just how it how it played out. Like that's just how I felt about it at the time. No, I could you definitely I mean? see how like, it's I mean, at the end of the day, college is I mean, it's a business really. Yeah. But at the same time, it's hard to discount the fact that like we're human and like we're gonna go through shit, you know, like yeah. you went through one of the toughest things that a person can go through physically and mentally. And it's just like, you're kind of just met with that. And it's like, fuck, there's like, no, not that you expect like remorse or, but at the same time, it's like, fuck, like almost like you just, you just hope that there would have been like another option. 
it's so crazy um because literally around the same time bro that you were that you were going through this whole thing um i was basically going through the same like not same exact thing but definitely my own mental health struggles that i have stuck with me till this day yeah literally the same time like the second semester and it's crazy yeah and i wouldn't say a lot of it had to do with what you which what happened to you but definitely i remember that like to think about it now how that definitely played a role in like you're conscious not that not that we were sheltered by any means right but it's like when it's like life just hit someone so hard that's like super close to home yeah you know um like real life not not to say that we didn't experience stuff but like that shit that you went through was like the real world bro like that's that shit that that can shake yeah can shake someone to the core so i guess just seeing you having to go through that and seeing you all fucked up and it was just like damn bro like yeah i always think about that and you saying how like you were at that lake and you were talking to your pops about like literally saying that you you literally have you literally cannot go any further and if you try it's like you might do something stupid yeah and what's crazy is that like it's it's definitely hard to talk about that shit bro but at the same time there's a lot of people that those thoughts have crossed their mind and yeah it's really it's really a thing to experience like it's it's um that feeling of literally not being feeling that there's no way out of your current situation is a real thing bro like right um i remember when i was when i was in the same situation in college and even recently when i was in thailand like the only thing that i could have um that i could think about that kept my mind like from really just thinking those super dark thoughts and thinking about doing something stupid the only thing that was like keeping me going forward was just thinking about my family and thinking about that just honestly i thought about asin bro like it's beautiful yeah like i know i mean he's not my kid i mean he's my nephew and but just thinking about him and like thinking about like what you could teach him and how yeah, you could affect his life. Or just to even take it a step further, like what if I wasn't here and like how that would affect, I mean, not even just him, but like my parents and like them. The whole s- spiral downward. Yeah, down, then, yeah, them seeing me going through that stuff is is like really hard on them too. So right. I totally understand like where you're coming from and the fact of, there, when you're in such a dark position where it feels like you literally have nothing else to give, it's like you have nothing to offer nobody. It's it's a crazy feeling, man. Yeah. And no matter what you do, it's like you can't shake how you're feeling. And right. But you eventually did. You were able to come out of that. Yeah. And so how 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 did you do that? I had to just. Cause you, had ended, to you just, ended up coming back, right? Yeah. yeah. I came back and um, it wasn't easy, man. And, and 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 like I said, the most the most important thing that 
I think helped me get through it and and got me through it was leaning on my loved ones and just being patient with myself. Just giving myself time because healing man is 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 not something that's going to happen overnight. And you have to continue to just give yourself time just every day no matter what be productive get up no matter how hard it is or you know how bad you want to just lay up and just moan and just sit in your own you know filth gunk whatever you want to call it you know just moan and weep just get up man just do something with yourself no matter if it's drawing, if it's running, working out, playing hoops, softball, whatever you are into, you any type of your hobbies, even gaming, I mean, do something that gives you some type of fulfillment. Lean in on your loved ones and just give yourself some time. Mm-hmm. Even just, when when you're at that moment, even just getting up and walking is big. Is big, yeah. Get out the house. Yeah. Go to your backyard. Taking some of that mother nature, taking some sun, just embrace the earth, embrace what life is about. Don't tap into your cell phone. Don't tap into all of this, you know, this artificial technology, this artificial intelligence. Go to the root of this world. Go to, you know, go to the mountains, go get in the sun, go to the water and just take this, you know, what life actually has to offer. And and be patient with yourself. Give yourself some time and lean on your loved ones, whoever that may be, your mom, your sister, your cousins, even your best friend. Lean on them. Um, I think there's a lot of people that go through unfortunate situations that leave them with this feeling of, like, why me? Yeah. And this feeling of resentment and really just anger and I think you you felt that before and what can you tell someone who's feeling that who's thinking in their head like why me and feels that resentment towards a situation or to someone and how did you get through that because I think that's one of the hardest things that you had to go through was because you really were caught up in a situation where it's wrong place wrong time. yeah exactly so how how did you deal with that well, for one, you have to drop and let go of the whole victim mentality. That's nothing but a setup. And at the end of the day, you know, you can only put, be victim to so much. Like, at the end of the day, you have to look in on yourself and say, well, what what could I have done differently? You know, maybe I shouldn't have done this, you know. Maybe I should have just called it a night once I was already, you know, at the after party. I should have just stayed there, you know. Why do I want to go everywhere, like? Whatever, you could ask yourself a thousand questions, but for one, don't try to look to throw the blame on somebody else. Just take it for what it is and try to just, anybody that you feel might have did you wrong or could have led you a different way, I'm not saying make an excuse for them, but forgive them. You know, don't forget it, but forgive them. Let it go and accept it for what it is. And, you know, everybody makes mistakes, you know. We all have been 
at one point in time, you know, been at fault of something, you know, or we might have a regret of something. So just be that person that you wish you were to yourself because at the end of the day, you know, just because something might have happened and somebody could have done something better for you or whatever, like their intentions still may have not been for you to, you know, for you to fall or for you to get hurt or whatever may have been the result of this trauma that you might have, you know, they may not have had those intentions that you are, that you feel they may have had, or or you feel like, oh, well, you know, you fucked up, you did this, you could have done this better. Well, at the end of the day, you know, they may, could have done something better, but they also may not have wished that upon you at the same time. So just learn to forgive, just learn to let that go and, and just take it for what it is and just move on, man. Just, you just got to learn to let it go. Just take it. You know, life is going to have its bumps and its hills and you got to learn to just take those bumps and just keep on rolling, man. It's part of life. Mm-hmm. It's a part of the test. Yeah. Some people go years, years and years without like holding on to shit, bro, and let it influence everything in their life the way they the way they interact with people the way yeah. they live is just this feeling of resentment and right just anger but it's like life sometimes is, it takes time man yeah and the more stubborn you are to opening your mind up and to you know letting go of it the longer it's going to take man mm-hmm. so the sooner you get to the sooner you can forgive and learn to try to keep going and just letting go of it the sooner you can start to heal mm-hmm. and life's so sh- life's too short bro for all that shit yeah why are you gonna just you gonna waste five ten years of your life just being bitter at the world for what mm-hmm. for what when you can be doing so much more with your energy so much more with your time you could be establishing so many different relationships that you may have not even realized that were good relationships because you were so bitter and such a bad place in your mentality that you may have blew off like some good people in your life. You get what I'm saying? So like why block your blessings? You know? Why bo- block your blessings when you can take it as a lesson and and grow from it and at the end of the day it just adds character to you. It just adds more, you know, more wisdom to you. You know, utilize it, grow from it and move forward. Mm. Don't let it hold you up, man. <sighs> Oh man, it was the hell of the last two days, bro. Yeah, doing the pod, it deleting, fucking dropping the motherfucking crown on the bro. That shit, the motherfucking cranberry juice on the seat. <laughs> um, God damn. Yeah, but I think it's worth it, bro. As long as I don't fuck shit up from this point forward, I think we'll be I think all right. We'll be good. Yeah, but hopefully, bro. Um. As far as, um, well, as you know, this show is about mental health and um, having people come on and just share their stories and yeah, really just being comfortable with being vulnerable and understanding that their story could help somebody, you know, so. Most definitely. Um, there's people, I mean, every, everybody goes through hard times and for someone that's going through a hard time right now that um, mentally, that's mm-hmm. in a really dark spot really dark place um feel like that they have nowhere else to turn to or they feel like they've gone as far as they they really can uh what would you say to someone going through that i'll just tell you to uh 
keep pushing. You know, keep pushing and give yourself some time. You know, it's going to take time and, and you have to be okay with, you know, giving yourself some time to heal. Leaning on the people you love. And uh, and don't be so hard on yourself, man. Like, you'll get there. Just give yourself some time and make a conscious effort to keep pushing forward. Just don't look back, you know. It's okay to reflect here and there, but keep pushing forward. Do something that is giving you some type of fulfillment. Work hard at something. And uh, just give yourself some time, man. Just Quit thinking that it's over today. You got time. It's not over today, and uh, it won't be over tomorrow. So keep going, mm-hmm. and and don't take don't take these these moments for granted. You know, you mean something to somebody. Somebody loves you, and so be there. Be there and and do what you're supposed to do. Do your due diligence and and be there for somebody else, just like you wish somebody was there for you. And eventually. Over time, you'll find yourself improving, doing better, feeling better. And, uh, you know, one day it'll just all be past. Mm. You'll just be looking back as we are here today and just looking at it as a as a memory that was difficult. But at the same time, glad that we have triumphed and have conquered, you know, that that challenge. Mm. And so, you know, Allah says that, you know, tough times do not last forever. You know, when the when the storm comes, you know, it may be there for a week, a couple months, a year, maybe two. But after the storm comes sunshine. You know, after tribula after trial and tribulations and tough times comes relief. Mm-hmm. So just keep pushing for that relief will come one day. Something I always think about um, is when things are the hardest, I feel like we tend to we tend to look forward and see all that's left that we have to do or how far we have to go. Right. And I think that's overwhelming. And Yeah, looking too far ahead. Yeah, and a lot of the times, like, when you're at your lowest, what it really takes is just one step at a time. Baby Literally, steps. you probably have to take, at, when you're at your fucking, I'm talking darkest, deepest, lowest points in life, bro. Sometimes yeah. you have to take it a minute at a time, an hour at a time. Yeah. And just tell yourself, I just got to keep going. I'm going to I have I'm gonna make it through this hour. Yeah. I'm going to make it through the night. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna be good. I'm gonna tomorrow. I'm gonna wake up. It's gonna be a new day. Yeah, and you might still feel like that, but the next day after that, it could be a day where you wake up and you're like, "Damn, like I, I see why. I see why I went through this." And you, you're gonna get past it. Nothing. Suffering doesn't last forever, bro. Never, never, never does. Mm. Not to say more won't come again in the future, but at the same time, that's what life's about, man. It's about getting tested, getting pushed to your limits, man. It's all going to shape you one day, and it's it's all going to make you better. So just learn to take it in with open arms and uh, and learn to keep on moving. Yes, sir. 
That's episode six of the episode most vulnerable player. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, tell them uh, what they should do right now, James. You should go ahead and subscribe to my boy podcast. Like the video. <laughs> Comment what you think. <laughs> Follow a real nigga on Instagram. Yeah. Um, oh, I got my Instagram deactivated. Never mind, bro. Activate that shit. I, I need to, huh? If if you do, I can t- I can yeah. collab. You see, fuck the distractions. <laughs> I ain't distracted. I'm on. I'm a man on the mission. <laughs> Say, hey, if you need to deactivate that motherfucker. Follow. Uh, of course, he said on YouTube. Subscribe. Uh, it's on Apple Podcast um, at the Most Vulnerable Player. It's on Spotify at the Most Vulnerable Player. Um, MVP for, for short. Um, and you dig? That's all we got. That's you your know man. what's going on, JB. Holla back at your mm-hmm. boy JB and tune in with the MVP. Hey. You dig what I'm saying? We <laughs> 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 made it, bro. It took. It only took like. 24 hours Fuck dude That was a bitch And a couple of spilled drinks And A couple of deleted audio videos later And Here we is